0: My name is Dina, and you're listening to Slav Slavsutjev, a podcast about Slavic languages. I hope you had a great start, and I wish you nothing but health. because honestly, I think this is the most important thing, as we saw in the year that's, thank God, behind us. For the first time ever, we have a guest who is going to help me today and wrap up the topic that we started last week, Slovene dialects. In the previous episode, we discussed lower and upper Carniolan, Styrian and Corinthian regional dialect. So that leaves us with literal Pannonian and Rota dialect. I'm very happy to welcome Josh today. Hi, Josh, and happy hey. new year. Can you please tell us a bit more about yourself?
1: Yeah, Where do you yeah. come
0: from? What is your connection with uh, Slovenia, Slovene dialects and so
1: on? Yeah, I'd be happy to. Hi everyone. My name is Josh Rokio. Um I've been living in Slovenia for about eleven years now. I met my wife um, the first and last time I ever went out to dance at a nightclub. Um <laughs> so I went out one time dancing and I found my wife. So I don't have That's to go a dancing. Good thing. <laughs> right. Um and my wife happens to be from um Slovenia. So uh she finished her stint or her um her time at the Slovenian Embassy in Washington. And I finished my master's in Latin and Greek at almost the exact same time. And so we had um, we had time, we had money, and we were um, young and silly. And so we decided to come first to Slovenia for one year um, to take a look at how that was and maybe travel around Europe. And that one year was in 2009, and I'm still here. And I have a house <laughs> and two kids now. <laughs> um, Good so year. Yeah, it, it went very well, yeah. <laughs> My relationship with Slovenian dialects is just from the position of a, of a person who is extremely curious about, um, language in general. Um, and I just find it fascinating, especially as an American. Um, you know, in our entire continent, we have like nine dialects. Um, and then I moved to a country that's the size of New Jersey and it has, uh, well, you said 49, I think last time, the, the number that I've always seen cited was 54. Yeah. Um, 54 dialects in, in, a population that's a quarter of New Jersey's population, (laughs) and the area, it's just amazing. Um, And so if you're a linguist at heart, you start to get curious.
0: Yeah, of course. I mean, when I, when I saw, when I moved to Slovenia and when I saw how, how different people speak and how small the country is, I was like, what?
1: I mean, one side of the village different than on the other side of the village you know it's incredible
0: yeah 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 yeah. we discussed that. five kilometers
1: in any direction and they speak totally different it's crazy
0: yeah so can you first tell us a couple of things that distinguishes these dialects so a couple of features that characterize each of these three dialects that i that i mentioned before
1: sure Um, let's start with, uh, the, uh, primorska or literal dialect, which I, I know, I guess the most about, about, of these three. Um, uh, I would say that, that the biggest, um, feature distinguishing literal Slovenian from all the other dialects is the almost complete lack of a dual, um, which is a a very funny thing because the Slovenians are so proud of their dual. And, uh, then there's this whole dialect group and, you know, and it includes, um, I, I, in the top ten, I mean, um, uh, of those fifty-four, the that whole Vipava Valley dialect is, um, I think, the tenth most spoken in the whole country. So it has quite a significant amount of people, and it lacks a dual. Um, so uh, that's funny. I, I we were talking earlier, and I wanted to mention an anecdote about a friend of mine who was um, who's gay, and he didn't he didn't come out at home for a very long time, and he was sadly telling me one day. He said, um, "I always have to talk to my mother in the singular." And in the plural, I can never use the dual. So I always say that we all went for the weekend. But then he joked and he said, but that's no problem because I'm a primorts and we don't have dual <laughs> in the first.
0: <laughs> that's an uneasy one for him.
1: <laughs> yeah, it was like, you know, at least the grammatical properties of my yeah. local diet helped me stay in the closet, right? Yeah.
0: Um, when when I when I moved to, to Slovenia, because I, I didn't speak the language and a lot of people actually thought that I am from that part of uh, Slovenia, so from Primorska, because huh. I didn't know how to use dual. Uh, you had a hard time and, learning, and yeah. the way I spoke was a little bit more more harsh than the people speak in. Sure in Ljubljana so everyone's like, oh you're 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 from the coast and I was like no SPF. I just okay. <laughs> I, I just don't know the language at all this is what I sound
1: well one yeah. what, what of the one of the really interesting things about what you just said is that um uh, so look, I, I, just to remind people listening you're from Serbia right and, yeah and uh, um so a lot of times Slovenians have come up to me and they've said, Oh, dual, that's really difficult, right? And I say to myself, you know, I say back, I say, No, it seems pretty like whatever, one, two, three, right. And, you know, it took me a, a year or two to realize that the reason for that stereotype was because for the overwhelming majority of Slovenian history, the only people learning Slovenia as foreigners were from were from the Balkan, right? We're from Serbia, yeah. Bosnia, and Croatia. So it wasn't, you know, they had to learn something new, right? But then yeah. when I was learning Slovenian, what was the weird thing for me was the collective um, singular plural. So when you, uh, to, to let your listeners know, in Slovenian and other South Slavic dialects, when you get to five, so, you know, it's just fine. In Slovene. we have one singular, two dual, great, no problem. Three and four plural, I understand just fine. But then when we get to five, all of a sudden we go back to the singular and we go to neuter gender. Now that, <laughs> as an American, was bizarre to me. The, the duel was normal, right? But again, you Serbians have the same exact thing, right? Five yeah. goes, regular, uh, neuter. Yeah, exactly. So nobody ever told the Slovenians that that's the weird part, right?
0: <laughs> <laughs> I guess this is, yeah, this is the thing that I, I actually never thought about because, yeah, this, this, came, this, this came naturally, but the duel, yeah, course, as yeah. you said, the majority of Of foreigners in Slovenia are actually from the Balkans. And in my mind, it's still, I still have to concentrate when I'm talking about two things in, in Slovene to just, you know, use dual. If I, if I lack focus or something, I will say it in plural, even though, yeah, I finished high school here and (laughs) I had to learn it. But, uh, it's just something that doesn't come naturally. It's just something that I really have to concentrate on because, yeah, it's, Similar in Serbian, but right. yeah, not the same. And I I have to specifically look yeah. for for the construction in order in order to use it to use it properly. Yeah,
1: it, it's so ironic, right? Because you would think that somebody who speaks a language natively that's so close to Slovenian would have an advantage. But in some senses, yeah. it's easier when you're a tabló rasa to learn, you know, than it is when you already have your head full of certain constructions.
0: Yeah, of course, of course. Yeah, we we covered. So should the, we move on
1: to your Rote and uh in Yeah. Tremodian. Yeah. Uh, okay, so then let's go to, to the Rote dialects. Now, the Rote dialects are are interesting in that um they're the only actual dialect that doesn't have an official um uh, name in English. And let's explain to your viewers the reason for that is because Rote really means the backwaters, right? Yeah. Um, and so geographically and historically, um, not only did the people from the Rotar uh, parts of Slovenia not travel to other parts of Slovenia, but also very few foreigners knew about that area in general. Um, and so uh, let's say it has a, a, some of the least contact um, with other uh, dialect groups in Slovenia. And one of the things that really, really, really characterizes uh, Rotarska is an overlap of, of the phonetic quality of. Case endings. This is the technical term for that is akenje, right? Um, where o's tend to go uh, to, to more of an a sound, mm-hmm. and this is really difficult, especially for the feminine gender, because uh, again, for your viewers or your listeners who uh, might not know Slovenian, the uh, nominative or first case in the uh, in the the feminine gender is characterized by an a ah sound, and the accusative or fourth case is characterized by an o oh sound, as well as the instrumental by an o oh sound. Um and so uh you can actually end up with grammatical ambiguities if you're not sure if a word is in the first uh, case or the fourth or sixth uh accusative or instrument. Let's say that's the biggest at least morpho phonological thing that, that that sets the role of the uh dialect apart.
0: Yeah, that can can lead to a lot of misunderstandings, I guess.
1: Yeah.
0: I mean less uh, information. Right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a a really, you you really have to focus. I I guess I've never heard anyone speaking it, actually. But I've heard that it's, well, because it's, I mean, you expect from a dialect that is so close to Ljubljana. I'm in Ljubljana. I mean, I've lived in Ljubljana. expected it to be, you know, more understandable, let's say it like that. Yeah,
1: 20 20 minute car drive from Lublana and they're speaking a way that, um, that you, that you know, that you have a hard time even deciphering, let alone understanding. Because again, when the phonetics of the case endings are, are intact, they give you a whole lot of information and your brain can like sort of, you know, use them as little anchors to start Mm -hmm. understanding the meaning. But when they erode to a, to a, um, you know, an overlap, it's really hard to decipher what the hell they're saying. (laughs)
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, that would be interesting to hear. Yeah, and the last one was Pannonian.
1: Well, Pannonian's, uh, you know, interesting in that a lot of linguists would go as far as to call it its own language, um, as opposed to the other uh, dialects of Slovene, which I think we can say with confidence are, um, are, are dialects. Even if there are some moments of mutual unintelligibility. if you know standard Slovene, you can figure out almost all the other dialects with a, a, a minute or two of mental gymnastics where you just reset a couple of sound uh, qualities. Whereas with prekmodians sorry, you can sit in a room for an hour with a prekmurian and not understand any more after an hour that you did at the beginning. Um, in fact, I, I mentioned to you when we first uh, uh, started chatting that there was a, um, a reality show um, uh, two years ago that featured two prekmodians on it and they needed to put Slovenian subtitles um, <laughs> for the because the Slovenians couldn't understand them. You know? And it's true. I mean, I, if, if I have somebody from Zagreb and a, and a guy from Morska Sobota and they're both speaking their own native dialects, um, I will understand the, the, the guy from Zagreb much better.
0: Um, yeah. That's for from. sure. <laughs> that's for sure. Yeah. Even though the, the language is not the same. Let's say it like that. <laughs> right. It belongs mm-hmm. to, it belongs to a different language. I think that, yeah, with, with it's, a... Uh, Totally different story.
1: Well, I, I think that the, the linguist and the historian are the ones that disagree about the status of Prekmorian, right? The, the the historian will call it a Slovene dialect for political and historical reasons, whereas a linguist, you know, that, that's using strict um, uh, guidelines would probably distinguish it from from Slovene. Um, and you know, uh, I think that the, the Prekmorians would too, because. If you look at the uh, the, the status of Pregmorean, it is the only regional dialect that's used at the administrative level and at the um, also liturgical uh, level. If you go to church in Berlachia, for instance, you will hear Berleshko, right? If you go to church in Morsko Sobota, you will hear proper right? uh-huh. Uh And the same thing if you go to the administrative uh, offices or or uh, city hall or whatever, they'll be speaking um, uh, that dialect there, and, as opposed to to um, literary stuffing. One of the interesting things about that is that Prakmorians then also brag that they have the best literary Slovi, and I always joke that the reason for that is because of course they do. They had to learn it as a second language, right? <laughs> I mean, they actually studied it academically as opposed yeah. to learning it at home right uh, so but to answer your question, let's say um uh, one of the biggest characteristics uh about it is in the um masculine gender um uh, that really ambiguous um dative case. So, for instance, uh, I think the first movie I ever saw in Slovenian when I was still in America was Zaiter. Um We don't need to discuss the plot, but for your listeners, it was filmed in the Prakmorian dialect. And so the guys were going around saying, um, or thank God, whereas in traditional Slovenian, it's not. And so, again, this was my first stimulus, my first input and so when i when i came to slovenia uh, i i remember that i said uh several times in Lublana and they looked at me like i was crazy right but then there are other things like for instance i don't know in in literary slovenian you say namajarskem uh, whereas uh the prekmurians have much more of the croatian style namajarskoe so uh, yeah little things like that
0: okay yeah that's that's the uh, besides the vocabulary i guess the vocabulary <laughs> is the biggest problem and the biggest thing that distinguishes
1: yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, uh, yeah, you're, you're absolutely right. In Prickmorian uh every third word is is either German or um Hungarian and it makes it really difficult for for speakers of standard Slovenians to understand.
0: Yeah. Do you think that these dialects that we mentioned now have any influence on the any other dialect spoken in in Slovenia?
1: No, I really don't think so. For the reason that I mentioned before, I mean, that uh, the, the Rotary, uh, like I said, the word itself means backwater or, or hillbilly or something like that. And so, I mean, I think you mentioned in your last podcast that Slovenia was really affected historically by a lack of individual mobility, right? Um, the average citizen was not allowed or uh, was either not allowed uh, legally or was prevented geographically from extensive travel. Um, and the Rotorsky dialects are really, really put in the middle of the of nowhere, surrounded by hills on all sides. And no, I mean, they, they don't have anybody to affect even if they wanted to. I guess Primorsko maybe maybe has a, a little bit more uh, influence, and, and that's just because of the continuum. I mean, if you look at the map of how big the Primorsky uh, region is, it really touches on a lot of other dialect groups, just because of the strange size and shape of the of the literal region. Um, plus, it forms a nice continuum that goes all the way up to the outskirts of Lublana. I mean, if you're in, um, I mean, even in Logatets, you'll still hear a little bit of uh, of the Quidormors. The so, yeah, you could say that there's a continuum that affects really right up to the doorstep of, of Right, But and again, I think that, yeah. that the fact that it's so bizarrely different from Standard living means that it can't really affect
0: Let's turn this around. How about the influence of the languages that are spoken in other countries that are surrounding that area? How big is the influence of these languages? So Hungarian, Croatian, Italian...
1: Absolutely. As long as we're staying in Prekmodia, I think that that, uh, the influence of all three of those languages that you mentioned, Hungarian, um, German, and Croatian, cannot be overstated. You know, there was a time in which Prekmodian was uh, a much more prestigious uh, language than it is today. That area of Slovenia had much more uh, prestige in historical times than it uh, it does today. But today, it's really, um, you know, sadly, and with as much respect as possible, it's one of the poor, more um, desolate regions of Slovenia. And so as an economically and culturally sort of impoverished part of of Slovenia today again Pekmorian has wonderful rich history that that deserves our utmost respect but the the facts are today economically that region is one of the poorest in the country and as a result it's subject to all sorts of outf- uh, outside influences you know just through trade and through a simple access to culture if you want you know, uh, to access TV shows or plays or stuff like that, you probably needed to learn German or Hungarian to do and that. If you were living in Morska Sobate in the past 50 years, for instance, right?
0: Yeah, that's for um, sure. For that part, uh,
1: Rot- for sure. Uh, Rotorska, no. I think that no, nothing influences Rotorska. Nothing goes in and out. It is a, it is, it's <laughs> a, but in, uh, uh but the literal or pre absolutely. Italian affects everything. Probably also even is guilty for the lack of the duel. Um, but at the prosodic level, I mean, it's amazing to listen to these Primorsky the way that they sing, I win, they talk, I like I and mean, it sounds like a lullaby, you know, it's lovely. So yeah, I mean, absolutely at the prosodic level. Um, I, I guess not so much at the grammatical level, other than, like I said about the, the, um, dual, but certainly at the, the lexical level as well. I remember trying to read a couple of, uh, chats between friends of mine in Primorska. And, and again, just like we said for Prekmore, the pure uh, primorzi will do the same thing with Italian, that every third word is, uh, is, is Italian.
0: Yeah, I love that. I love the, the influence of the other languages that you can then feel yeah. and find, let's say, in your own language. Well, now we're talking about the Slovene, of course, but I also love finding out those kind of things in, in Serbian. And yeah, what dialect do you speak at home?
1: Uh, well, at home, I mean, I, I think that, that any poor linguist who would try to do research on our family would just <laughs> give up because we code switch. I mean, we we will, you know, we'll start a sentence in English, uh, get to the verb and it's Slovene, move on after the comma and we're back into English with an Italian word uh, mixed in here and there. But but yeah, if you had to say what dialect of Slovenian do we speak as a family, it's a, a very um, either Lublan- Lublanified Gorenska or Gorensified Lublana. <laughs> so it has elements of the standard um uh, dialect in the capital with elements of the upper and dialect that you talked about um last week so uh let's say uh, lublanese with um a very impoverished uh vowel system <laughs> <laughs> um and a lot a lot a lot of lexical um choices from korenska and mm-hmm. um yeah. I mean, also the, the typical sort of, uh, Gorenska contractions that, that, uh, are used like these, uh, instead of saying Ali Bosta, we would say Austa, for instance. Mm-hmm. So we can shorten it the one word, which is very typical of the Gorenska dialect. So yeah.
0: Yeah. In, in your opinion, um, should a dialect be used in school or just at home? Because I watched a lot of shows. I don't know if you saw that. RTV Slovenia did um, like a lot of documentaries on different regional groups sure. and a lot of them just said that even though the dialect is spoken it is not spoken in school so they find it bad sort of that kids are pressured to use standard language in school and that way they will forget how to speak in dialect what do you what do you think about that
1: I think it's a very thorny issue and there's no way to say anything right about it. Um, uh, so, so obviously, I mean, we have to realize that almost in any language, there's nothing special about Slovenia here, but in any language, the literary language is a, is a construct, right? It's a, it's a fake construct that really doesn't exist in anybody's brain. It exists in, um, like you and I were talking uh, before uh, about when you have to talk to a professor, when you have to talk in a retail situation. So it's a, it's an act. Yep. It's not, it's not a, it's not a language. It's an act, um, uh, or an action. I mean, I don't want to belittle it. I think that there is absolutely a place for a standard language. It's great when I find somebody from Morska Sobota who speaks Prekmurian, which I cannot understand. It's lovely that we have access to a constructed language, which is literary Slovene, that facilitates our our understanding. That's amazing, and it's a wonderful thing. But I, I, I doubt strongly that we should, you know, put it on some pedestal, uh, pedestal as, as this, you know, lofty goal to which we should strive without admitting the, the inherent beautiful qualities of regional dialects. Um, and, and I also think that, that there's a time and a place for, for everything. You know what I mean? Like if you're on the yeah. debate team, right? Yeah, that should probably be your standard, your country's standard language, right? The debate team, I think that's a proper place for it. Yeah. Um, also, if you're in Slovene class, for absolute sure, we need to be teaching standard Slovene so that we, we do end up with a country of people who can understand each other, even though they're from different parts. But I mean, uh, I'm going to repeat what I told you um, before we turned on record for this conversation that, um, so I was teaching Latin in Washington, DC, and I had kids Uh, I had a very um, uh, demographically interesting school. So there were 700 children. Only one of them was white. Um, So from European uh, heritage, one of them, Sarah. Her name was Sarah. Um, So uh, I would say 40% were African-American kids. 40% were um, Central and South American kids. 15% were um, uh, actually from from Africa itself, not Mm -hmm. born in in America. And then 5% were, were from, let's say, Asia or something like that. And then, of course, the one white girl, Sarah, right? Um, and so I had kids who spoke um, English as their uh, native language. I had kids who spoke um, Somali as their native language. I had kids who spoke Spanish as their native language, even Vietnamese. Right. Um, and sadly, I don't understand all these languages. But my idea as a Latin teacher was to, to help the kids as much as I could. So, for instance, the kids who spoke Spanish. Look, I know Spanish just fine if the Latin makes more sense to you in Spanish, but dude, put Spanish on the paper, right? I'm not here to teach English. There's an English teacher for that. So, I, I'm i recognizing, or at least validating, the fact that these children could learn Latin in a language that was not my standard dialect of um, of, of Atlantic, Eastern Coast, American English, right? And I think it would be a crime to force these children to think in two languages at the same time, to think in standard English and Latin at the same time, I think that that's an unfair thing to make those kids do. Um, and I think that we need that sort of level of, of of subtle understanding. The way that you put the question was very black and white. Should dialects be used in school? No. Should only the literary language be used in school? No. Should we have greater subtlety and more sensitivity to where it's appropriate to use which epsilon?
0: Okay, yeah, that's, a, that's actually an, an interesting point of view because a lot of people think that school is an institution where only the rural language should be used and that uh, The Fibonacci sequence use... is
1: beautiful if you describe yeah. it in, <laughs> in Serbian, in English yeah. or in Latin. The Fibonacci sequence exists no matter uh, what language we use to access it.
0: Yeah. Thank you very much, Josh, for being here today. And I learned a lot from you, actually. So thank you for that. And, um, so I hope you also learned something today. And if you want, you can always find me on Twitter or Instagram or simply write me on Slavic Tea Party at gmail.com.
1: Can we just take one second at the end of this to congratulate Slovenian because you know, I thought it was very interesting when we were typing that um a Serbian girl and an American guy um, yeah. tri- <laughs> Slovenian as their means of communication. I think that that's a really wonderful day for the history yeah of Slovenia.
0: <laughs> yeah Slovenia Slovenian kind of puts us together that's that's a really yeah, great really thing cool. for us for such a small language actually for a, exactly. for a language that is i mean spoken by two million people yeah right.
1: uh, two million in two
0: yeah, <laughs> two million in two, yeah. Thank you very much, Josh.